a historic move towards decriminalizing cannabis nationwide. On this vote, the yeas are 228, the nays are 164. The bill is passed. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. A landmark vote in the U.S. House of Representatives to remove marijuana from the list of controlled substances gives advocates a boost to push Connecticut to finally approve the legal recreational use of marijuana for adults in 2021, even though some state lawmakers still want to see commercial pot go up in smoke. I'm Ebon Udama, WSHU's senior political reporter. I try to make sense of local and national policy by talking to the people who are directly involved. Up next, how the possibility of Connecticut legalizing recreational marijuana in 2021 could be the economic driver the state and advocates have been looking for. The debate is going to be around, do you allow for homegrown, where people can grow a plant in their house, or do you allow for the full commercialization where people are vaping 90% THC? But first, this podcast is made possible by you. Contribute today online at WSHU.org and tell them you heard the message on Capitol Avenue. And thank you. The U.S. House voted to regulate and tax cannabis sales for the first time. There's no indication that the U.S. Senate would take action. But that has not dampened the optimism of advocates like Fred Costenson. We are going to get federal decriminalization and uh, effective legalization of recreational marijuana in the next few years. Costenson is the director of the Connecticut Center for Economic Analysis at UConn. He supports legalization for economic reasons. Plus, 11 states have already done it, and voters in five states supported it in November. And all five passed, even in very conservative states. Connecticut is one of 34 states that allow the medical use of marijuana. Costenson says that generates very little economic activity. But he says legalization of adult recreational use would generate jobs, a strong growth in GDP, and more than $600 million in tax revenue in the first five years. However, Connecticut would have to act quickly. Otherwise, we will simply be exporting our money to buy marijuana products from from other states. Kibra Smith says she'd like to see Black and Latinx communities benefit from legalization. She's a registered nurse and one of only a handful of African Americans with a license to market medical marijuana in Connecticut. I want other people to be able to do that. And that is only going to happen if we open up this market. You know, our medical industry here in Connecticut is very limited. There, There's no entry point for people of color. They're not even accepting applications. Even some faith leaders see legalization as an issue of economic and social justice. The Reverend Tommy Jackson is a pastor of Rio Beth Fellowship Church in Stanford. The legalization of cannabis goes a long way to making things better in the community in which I serve and live. Jackson helped craft Governor Ned Lamont's marijuana legislation bill that stalled after the last legislative session ended abruptly due to the pandemic. He says he's working to get fellow members of the faith community on board. They have to see not only the benefit of, of reducing criminality, but the, the effects of public safety in our community. Jackson is confident the bill will pass next year if it addresses inequality in the war on drugs. 
That's a position supported by incoming Connecticut House Speaker Matt Ritter. He says he'll ensure that the bill includes a provision to expunge marijuana possession convictions. We have to also think about the historic wrongs and the imbalances on the prosecution of marijuana. And I think it doesn't exist today as much as we've decriminalized it, but we could expunge records for marijuana if we legalized it. Incoming House Republican Minority Leader Vincent Candelera says opposition to marijuana is not partisan because there are Democrats and Republicans on both sides of the issue. As somebody who has opposed the legislation, uh, my concern is the commercialization of marijuana. It's not just allowing people to do it, but you are encouraging an enterprise of um, an illicit drug. Still, advocates hope freshman lawmakers will turn the tide in the next legislative session, which begins on January 6th. Hi, I'm Davis Donovan, host of the WSHU podcast, Off the Path. I explore all kinds of hidden nooks and crannies and fascinating history on the road from New York to Boston. You can find me on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can find Off the Path from New York to Boston on WSHU Public Radio. Joining me now to talk more on the economic impact of legalizing marijuana is University of Connecticut economist Fred Costenson. His study finds that the state's economy would gain $600 million in the first five years of legal retail pot. Dr. Costenson, the U.S. has voted to decriminalize cannabis for the first time in almost a century. What do you make of this historic vote, and how does it affect the prospects for legalization of marijuana in Connecticut? Well, the obvious implication is is that we are going to get federal decriminalization and uh, effective legalization of recreational marijuana in the next few years. It's clear we've already have a majority of states that have either have recreational marijuana or have approved medical marijuana. There were five referenda in the November and all five passed, even in very conservative states. So it's very clear that this is a dynamic that will lead to a change at the federal level. For Connecticut, this means that if we're going to take advantage of the current federal restrictions, which make interstate trade in marijuana illegal, uh, critically important because if we don't legalize it here in Connecticut, um, when it does become legal nationally, uh, virtually none of the production of marijuana will in fact occur in Connecticut. And we will simply be exporting our money to uh, buy marijuana products from, from other states, which effectively is what is going on right now. You know, opponents have argued that tax revenues should not be the only reason to legalize marijuana. Uh, Do they have a point there? Precisely because under the current context, it would result in the development of a marijuana industry in Connecticut that would create employment, uh, potentially up to 17,000 over the first six years of operation. It takes one year to start up, and then it's five years of legal operation after we get everything in place, up to a billion dollars in net new revenue. And the state is facing an enormous deficits. Uh, OPM and OFA have both projected deficits over the next uh, three to four fiscal years of, an, of over $7 billion. $3 billion will be offset by the rainy day fund if we spend it. 
but both of those reports are quite optimistic. But you know, Connecticut already has uh, medical use of marijuana. It's legal here now. Is, is that not enough? It's a very small market. And so you don't capture the scale effects and, and so on that, that you do with the recreational. So we were able to construct what we think is a very, very solid analysis that says this you know, legalization, because it would create a much larger uh, legal market in Connecticut and would permit growers to scale up. What would you say to people who live in Connecticut cities uh, and bore the brunt of the war on drugs? And, and, and you know, the cities are, are, are now the main parts of the state where jobs are needed the most. Uh, and medical marijuana dispense, dispensaries have so far not been allowed to set up in cities. So what do you make of that? And ironically, because recreational marijuana is grown indoors, it's grown uh, under very, very controlled conditions, it actually then uh, moves into unoccupied, deserted, uh, old industrial buildings in many cases, because they have the internal space, they have the, the architecture that permits it. So ironically, it's an agricultural activity we think of, but it would occur at least initially primarily in our urban areas uh, where we have vacant industrial uh, capacity. Governor Lamont has said he would like to legalize marijuana in collaboration with neighboring states. Uh, he says right now Connecticut residents can cross the border and can buy recreational marijuana in Massachusetts, and soon they may be able to do that in uh, New Jersey as well. So. What's the significance of this? Right now, because of the federal restriction, um, there's not a whole lot of point in, in coordinating because you can't legally take marijuana across borders. Uh, and so in sort of in the nature of things, we are, um, uh, you know, we're on our own in terms of the, but more generally, there's a lot of legal marijuana, legal from other states, particularly Massachusetts, that comes into Connecticut, and there's a lot of illegal marijuana. And one of the, again, legalization is to try to get a handle on, on it and, and make sure that it does not have, um, you know, pesticides and a very to toxic items, that it is not uh, dangerous for consumers. Occasionally, we do have, you know, uh, serious incidents um, with the illegal trade. Uh, so that's the uh, thing. But on the coordination, I mean, this goes way beyond the we ought to be coordinating with our neighbors, New England, uh, along with New York uh, and New Jersey in particular. We ought to be a single region in terms of, of how we think about competitiveness and how we collaborate to make the region a very, very strong competitor. I mean, Connecticut really disconnected itself uh, from uh, both Massachusetts and New York uh, over the last decade. That's why we had the worst performing state economy in the nation. Our economy shrank uh, almost uh, uh, over 9%, uh, and then it expanded a little bit. Uh, but when we went into the pandemic, we were 6% smaller than we had been in 2008. Um, we were still 17,000 jobs uh, below where we'd been in terms of a previous peak. Ironically, the Legalization of, of recreational marijuana, in our analysis, in the op most optimistic structure in terms of how the state uses that revenue, actually creates 17,000 net new jobs. It would actually, by itself, 
it would have it would take us back based on the February situation it would take us back to our previous peak So will Connecticut pass legal pot in 2021? If you ask Governor Ned Lamont, I think if we do something, we do it on a regional basis. You're right. New Jersey um, uh, has done this. Massachusetts is already legal. Rhode Island's looking at it. New York is looking at it. So I'll be talking to my fellow governors about what, if anything, we want to do on a regional basis. And then uh, talking with the legislature as well. If you ask state legislative leaders, you know, alcohol is dangerous. Marijuana, when used improperly, is dangerous, particularly at young ages. I, I get it could send a message to kids. The problem is it's already here. If you ask economists. There's strong, reasonably strong public support. I think most people recognize that it's just inappropriate to ma- maintain this criminalization. It wastes police resources. It inflicts damage on individuals unnecessarily. And it actually just makes things harder for all of us. This is Capital Avenue from WSHU Public Radio, making sense of local and national policy by talking to the people who are directly involved. Spread the word by rating Capital Avenue on your podcasting app. If you're listening on NPR One, press the interesting button on the top right corner. This episode of Capital Avenue was produced by J.D. Allen. WSHU's web editor is Dave Eisenstadter. Terry Sheridan is WSHU's news director. And Tom Kuzer is WSHU's program director. I'm Ebong Udama. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Mm-hmm.